Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Hey, God bless you guys. I want to talk to you today about the topic of, or rather, things that I've heard throughout the years concerning uh, demons transferring on people or demons uh, potentially transferring during a deliverance session. I am going to address that from a theological, systematic, and and through proper exegesis um, from the scripture to tell you that that is 100% not so. Amen. <laughs> All right. All right. So be patient with me as I flesh this out, as I form this out. All right. Now, first and foremost, um, this message um, is specifically for a, a selected group of people. Um, everybody didn't grow up in church, uh, but for the most part, most of you that are watching me have some sort of church experience throughout the years. And um, you don't find this a lot in the mega churches. So and um, it's not that mega churches don't do deliverance. Um, is that the average mega church um, has been sanctioned and their assignment seems to be Christ centered, uh, Jesus focused in the sense of evangelistic. So you, you're not really going to find a lot of manifestation of the gifts of the spirit and the ministry of deliverance uh, prevalent frequently in large in a larger church setting. Um but for the most part, um, you you will and can find this in some smaller, more storefront type of churches. So this is for those that kind of grew up um, in a smaller church, in a deliverance type of ministry or a ministry where... Well, I know Anwa does. I know that Anwa does. I, let me rephrase that. The millennial type of mega churches do deliverance. Amen and praise God for that. Um, but for the rest of us and everyone else that kind of uh, been in church a long time, you find more the deliverance ministry active in smaller churches or those who grew up in legalistic Pentecostal, um, or charismatic, spirit-filled type of, uh, type of churches and those of you that have been part of that can honestly say that throughout the years you have heard phrases like this. When demons began to manifest um, in the church setting, um, growing up in church, those of you um, heard things like this. Close your eyes. Um, you better be walking right or a demon will transfer on you. Um don't stare a demon in the eyes because it will go through the eyes and into you. Um, or for the most part, 
children were escorted out of the room. Unbelieving family members that came to visit church that day were escorted to the basement of the church, whatever the case may be, uh, for the fear of some sort of demonic um, transference for those who had some sort of open door. Now, if I'm talking good and you know what I'm talking about, say amen, because my wife grew up in church and the story she's told me um, has all pretty much, and those that grew up in church, basically the same thing, the, sa the same thing. Is, is that when a demonic presence is present, um, those that are not ready should hit the door. Now, throughout the years, I've begun to analyze that. I've begun to really analyze where this is coming from, where this is coming from, and is this biblical? And I have found that this is 100% um, not true. And I'm going to show you this to Mark chapter 5. So everyone write in the chat room, Mark chapter 5. I read something that's going to literally bless you. And you will never, ever, ever again be fearful at demonic manifestation. Now let me set up, let me set up the platform and the premise for this or the bigger picture. 75%, watch this, 75% or more, and I'm being nice, 75% or more of Jesus' public ministry was dedicated to the casting out of demons. Did you catch what I just said? 75% or more of the public ministry of Jesus was dedicated to the casting out of demons. Number two is this. Every time Jesus encountered a demon, or rather when deliverance was present in the uh, early church or in the public ministry, earthly ministry of Jesus, it was never, it was never done in private. It was done in public. Did you catch that? All right, now establish that. The deliverance ministry is not made to be done or to be executed privately. It was to be done publicly. God wants to show off the power of the name of Jesus. Oh, that gets me excited talking about it. Modern evangelicalism and seeker-sensitive churches are the ones that have sabotaged and held hostage the ministry of deliverance and putting it to the overflow room or to the basement or to completely shutting it down. You don't find it in the seeker-sensitive modern evangelical churches. You find it immediately being extinguished. Why? But in the early church, deliverance was a public ministry. Now, I'm saying that for a reason. Because if God wanted it to be public, then the rules um, for its execution dominate what we believe happens when it happens. Why would God want something public if there is such a thing as transference? I began to question that. I begin to question it because if God felt and loves people and he desires them to not uh, to be delivered or be in a place of deliverance, why would he allow the deliverance ministry to be done publicly if there was such a thing as transference? That meaning that when it came out of a person, it jumped in another person in the altar call or whatever the case may be. So I began to really, really, really die, uh, ask the Lord, okay, God, are we doing something wrong? And here is what I believe God has showed me. And I'm going to give you some verses, but I'm going to still paint this picture. Pastor, if you're listening to me, if you're listening to me, or those of you that are a shepherd, leader of a small group, when you say, when you say things like this that I'm about to say, at an altar call or at a gathering, 
you have declared war on the kingdom of darkness. Phrases like this. I need everyone here to let this go. Whatever's bothering you, let it go. Or when you come to the altar, leave it at the altar. Hey, listen, you have no idea that generic phrases just like that are actually declarations of war. Because have you considered that potentially the root cause of their let this go or give it to Jesus could be a demon? Now, if you, even though you don't mean it like that, the kingdom of darkness is very well aware. So when you say, when you say, okay, those of you that are struggling with unforgiveness, you're going to let it go. Let it go. Release it unto the Lord right now or come to the altar and leave it at the cross. Baby, you are declaring war with what could potentially be a demon spirit behind their present state of unforgiveness. So when you say, when you say, or, or you encourage the church to come up front and to release whatever it is to the Lord, you better get ready. You better get ready because potentially you are making a declaration of war and there will be demonic backlash and counterattack if the problem that they are dealing with is of a demonic origin. Now, I just want you to kind of have that in mind because for some of you that have been watching me, um, um, you don't intend to be in deliverance, don't like the ministry of deliverance, but when you say things like let this go or release it unto God or get it right or surrender this area of your heart to the Lord, baby, you have to understand that there's something there that's keeping them in that place. And if it's a demon, you will get a manifestation. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because this class has to do with predominantly altar calls and where many of you grew up in when when pastors begin to do the altar call or begin to help people get set free well get what guess what showtime it's showtime and what i mean by that is demons start manifesting there's no way around it literally there's no way around it all right now if you don't want to get caught up in this then i'm just going to give you a word of encouragement didn't stay on your Jesus only type of altar calls for salvation. But if you start calling God's people up so they could get more into the deeper things of God or to begin to let things go that has nothing to do with salvation or Christ centered or an evangelistic altar call, baby, expect it to be war. It's just going to be war. Now let's keep, let's, let's kind of go a step further in this. Mark chapter five. We deal with Jesus encountering a battalion of about 1,500 demons in one unit called Legion. Now, I'm being nice because we don't really know the actual amount, but we know that a Legion is more than a thousand. We know. So here is Jesus on his way. I'm going to show you something that's going to bless you. Jesus is on his way to the region of Decapolis. Decapolis means 10, where we get the word Deca, or, either, or rather the region of the 10 towns. Now, I have to show this to you um, through proper exegesis so that you could totally see the bigger picture. Jesus is going to the region of Decapolis, right? He reaches the shore of one of the cities of the 10 towns called Gadara where we get the word the Gadarenes. The Gadarenes are the citizens of that city of Gadara. Gadara is one of the cities of the 10 towns in the region called Decapolis. Now we know Jesus was heading on his way, heading on his way to do evangelistic work there, because if you read the chapters before, 
He says, I must, let's get into the boat and go to the other side. How many of you remember that story? That, well, this is where this is coming from. When Jesus said to the disciples, get into the boat, we must go to the other side. Where was he headed? He was headed to the city of Gadara, right? Now, upon landing on the shore of the city of Gadara, I'm going to show you something. In the city of Gadara, he is immediately encountered by a man, a demoniac filled with legion who had his dwelling among the cemetery. Now watch this. This is crazy. It seems to me, this is just a nugget. It has nothing to do with the class, but I'm just going to throw a little nugget in there. It seems to be that the cemetery was by living water or by water. And be careful of being in churches that are cemeteries, even though they're close to the shore, of being able to move in the fullness of the kingdom. Thought I'd throw that in there for you. If you're a good preacher, I just gave you a good message. All right. So here he is. He encounters this man filled with legion. Watch this. Watch this. He rebukes the demon. Listen to me. He rebukes the demon. The demon, watch this. The demon asks permission. Asks permission. Watch this. To go into the swine. But that is not the key verse of what I want to share with you for this class. The key verse is found in the verse before it. The verse before it says, For oftentimes, this is going to bless you. For oftentimes, the people of Gadara would grab the man and try to calm him down. And they would try to get him to be stable. But the Bible says that it did not work. So they went to plan B. Plan B was for oftentimes they also bound him with chains to try to calm him down. But he would break the chains asunder. King James Version. The verse goes on saying that they finally, they finally take the man and they drag him to the cemetery so that he could have his dwelling among the dead. Right? That's the key verse. In order to handle someone at that level of demon possession, there had to be, listen to me, no such thing. As transference, because these were not saved folk handling him. Did you this, listen? Listen. The key is found in the verse. How are you, listen, gonna handle a man completely demonized? Watch this. Where they tried to to control him, they were talking with Legion. Legion was still in there. We see, you don't see Legion transferring on them, and you don't see the seven sons of Sceva situation where the demon in them launched on the people. Did you catch what I just said? I'm headed that direction with the seven sons of Sceva. Here you find regular people not in covenant with God, and we know the city of Gadara was given to demonic idolatry because they were breeding. They were breeding swine. Total abomination unto God. And they were handling a man called Legion with no transference, with no transference to the point that they even tried to bind him to bind him means you got to touch the man. You got to touch the man. You got to handle the man. Still no transference. Finally, when he would break the chains, they had to grab the man and drag him by hand because he was wild and take him to the cemetery in the city. Which requires interaction with no transference. Now, if, if uncovenanted heathen can handle a man with legion, listen, you know what I'm going to say. Then 
then what? Then how much more the blood of Jesus protects you and I in the very presence of God and with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? These folk were not saved and they were handling a person demon possessed with no transference. And then you got these crazy Pentecostal charismatic preachers screaming up front. You better close your eyes because the devil's going to transfer into you if you ain't walking right. I'm here to tell you that according to sola scriptura, which means the Bible is the sole authority for all faith and conduct, that this whole this whole concept of demonic transference cannot be found in scripture. It is another ploy of Jezebelic pastors and legalistic ministers trying to control the people and trying to control the service. I'm here to tell you by the authority of the word of the living God and as a validated leading voice for deliverance that the whole concept of demonic transference is heresy. It cannot be validated, supported by scripture, and there is no references in the Bible that will say that if demons start manifesting, that if you ain't walking right, the demon's gonna come into you. Baby, this ain't the exorcist. Come into me. Come into me. Remember that in the movie The Exorcist where the priest just couldn't get the demon out and he just said, come into me. Baby, listen, that does not happen in the Christian congregations is not found in the Bible. There's no such thing as demonic transference when somebody's manifesting and whoever ain't walking right in the church, the demons are just going to jump out of them and go into the person. Now, do you want scripture? Because I'm going to go very, very more deeper than this. Watch this. Watch this. We know, watch this. Demons don't jump in people. The people got to let them in. Let me, let's go a step further. Why would the demons ask to go in pigs if there was people that were standing there who were not in covenant with God? They couldn't get into them. Why? Because demons can't get into people without there be any, being a conscious legal doorway open, not ignorant doorway open. No, 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 no. The, the Bible says these demons asked to go into pigs. But the Bible also says there were people there. You know how I know there was people there? Because the verse says the herdsmen, when they saw the demons leave and the pigs drown, they left and ran into town. That means that they were standing there. There was people there when the demons were coming out. Why didn't the demons ask to go into the herdsmen and to the people standing by? Why? Because there's no such thing as demon transference. When it comes to a demon just coming out of someone through deliverance and then just jumping into someone else, that is not true. And Bible doesn't support that. You can't find it outlined in scripture nowhere. Listen, 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 listen. The demons said, if you cast us out, send us to the pigs. Why they didn't say, cast us out, let us go into the, let us go into the herdsmen. Because there's no such thing as demon transference. There's no such thing as demon transference. Did you catch what I just said? There's no such thing. You can't find it outlined in scripture nowhere. If there was anyone that was probably had a door open for the legion to come in. It wasn't the pigs. The pigs had nothing to do with anything. Why didn't they request to go into the people? Why? Because demons can't just jump in people. Demons can't jump in people, baby. The blood of Jesus and the human will blocks them. You don't have to be saved to tell a demon, man, get out of my house. Why? Because whether saved or unsaved, human beings have authority. Now, we have authority 
in the name of Jesus to remove, but everyone has authority by being human to not allow the devil to come in to something. Now, the Christian has authority to take something out of something. The unbeliever does not. The unbeliever cannot use the name of Jesus. Seven sons of Sceva. Did you catch it? But every human being has the authority to not let a devil in. A Catholic, if they don't want a demon in their house, could tell, could renounce and say, I don't want you in this house. And they don't have to love God and they don't have to serve God. And the devil will listen. Why? Because the authority is given to the human being. Take dominion, have dominion. Now, what makes us separate from the unbelieving uh, individual is that you and I have authority to remove a demon while they do not. They do not. Did you catch it? That's why your crazy, crazy aunt that be drinking and getting high could walk around in your house and say, I don't, you devil, you better get out of my house. I don't know where you are, but you, you, you better not come up in here. And guess what? The devil got to listen. The devil got to listen. Why? Because it has to do with going in. Now, if the devil's already there and she, he or she is trying to take the devil out, the devil ain't got to listen. This is all biblical. This is all, this is all biblical. So we find here in Gospel of Mark chapter 5, Demon, uh, Jesus extracting a, a demon out of a man in the presence of other people and you don't find transference at all. Let me give you another story. In Luke, in Luke, in Luke chapter 5, in Luke chapter 5, we find Jesus healing a man with an unclean spirit in the synagogue, in the synagogue, and he removed the demon in the presence of everybody that was there. You don't find demonic transference. You don't find a demon transferring and jumping from people to people. Now, now here's something that's going to rub you the wrong way because I'm going to say it apostolically and I'm not going to say it pastorally. It's this. For those of you that say, well, I don't know. I don't really fully agree with that because I know what I saw growing up. I'm here to tell you what you saw was not a devil. What you saw was sensationalism. It was not demonic and it was not the Holy Spirit. It was sensationalism. Did you catch what I just said? You want to know why? Because your bishop and your pastor, who hasn't been coached and was never trained in deliverance, was repeating what his predecessor said to him. And his predecessor didn't know any better. And it's just been a cycle of impartation and inheritance of dysfunction coming down all the way from Azusa Street. Did you catch it? From people who probably couldn't read but had the power. Do you see what I'm saying? And because they didn't do much training in deliverance, well... I'm just going to say what I saw my bishop say. My bishop said that if you ain't walking right and the demon comes out, it's going to go into you. So watch this. Watch this. If you keep repeating ignorance long enough, it will become prevalent truth. If you, if you repeat ignorant, if you repeat ignorance, it will become prevalent truth, which means I guess that's what we all saw. That's what has to be true. And I'm here to tell you. Let me tell you something. I didn't grow up in church. My wife grew up in church. She told me the stories of people breaking their face on the altar, bleeding, God taking people when nobody was there. And they were just banging their head on the altar and all that crazy stuff. And they were repenting because they were fornicating and all this stuff. Baby, that's not the Holy Spirit. No, that's not. That's not, that's not even a demon spirit. That's sensationalism from Catholicism still in the bloodline of trying to do some form of repentance. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit don't break people's faces on the altar and make people bleed. Baby, listen, that ain't the Holy Spirit. Get, get the heck out of here with that. You can't find that in scripture. And then they back it up with 
Ananias and Sapphira. Let me share sugar with you about Ananias and Sapphira. God did not kill Ananias and Sapphira. Let that sink in. You want to know who killed Ananias and Sapphira? Peter did because he was mad and he abused his apostolic office because God don't kill people. We are ministers of reconciliation. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse one. We are ministers of reconciliation. That was the apostle Peter being angry and not having God check his anger issue. And he abuses authority. You know how I know, you know how I know it wasn't the Holy spirit because God gave Peter a couple of hours to kind of settle down. And here comes Sapphira walking in hours later. He should have changed it but he was still angry about it and what happened the bible doesn't say that the holy spirit killed it says peter declared judgment on her and peter abused his authority god don't kill people and also let me also throw this in there you and i lie to the holy spirit all the time yes we do when you tell the Holy Spirit, I'm never going to do that again. When you act in a Jezebelic way, when you act shysty, when you say something, listen, we lie to the Holy Spirit all the time. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me God killed them, but ain't kill you? But as many times as you lie to the, you and I lie to the Holy Ghost all the time, you alive this day. You want to know why? Because God don't kill people. People kill people in the name of God. And demons don't transfer. On people, in closing text, Matthew chapter five, look at it again. And he replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. See? Then the evil spirit begged him again and again, not to send them into some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding in the hillside of the country. Send us into the pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. Jesus gave them permission. Hey, listen, demons don't go into things without permission. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm going to go even a step further. Let me go a step further. That is why, you, you know, listen, I'm giving you good teaching here. Demons don't go into something without permission. You think they're just going to come out of a person and say, they scan a church and say, look at that one's the most rebellious. Let's go into him. That don't, no, that don't work like that. That's, that's Pentecostal modern evangelical sensationalism. That's that charismatic sensationalism that can't be supported in scripture. That charismatic stuff. Can't find that stuff in the Bible, but many of us grew up believing that stuff. Believing that stuff. I'm here to tell you, unbelieve that stuff. It is heresy. Heresy means not of God. Anti-Bible, which means not supported by scripture. There's no such thing as demonic transference. Now, do I believe in demonic transference by other means? Yes, I do. Through the laying on of hands, through demonic soul ties. That's something else that I do believe. But this whole stuff about when demons start manifesting, Christians do this. They get all nervous going on the pews. They go upstairs, leave the room. Baby, I'm here to tell you, <laughs> you're going to be all right. No demon. Demons ain't going to come into you. They ain't no demons going to come into you. Trust me when I'm telling you that that is anti anti biblical in in functioning that's not how the spirit realm that's not how the spirit realm works doesn't work like that there's no such thing as demonic uh, uh transference let me finish the text the herdsmen fled to the nearby town and surrounded uh and the surrounding countryside spreading the news as they ran well guess what verse is this this is after the demons already asked permission to go into swine which means the herdsmen fled. 
The herdsmen fled means that they were standing right there. They were standing right there. You see what I'm saying? They were standing right there. Why did the demons go into them? Why? No permission. Demons don't jump in and out of people without it. Right? Let me go even a step further. Right? Even your unsaved family members who go to church that Sunday and demons start manifesting. Even with their rebellion, a demon is not going to jump in them. Did you catch it? Let me tell you, let me tell you something. Let me, watch this. I have done deliverance sessions with my youngest son a couple of pews away playing video games, waiting for me to finish. Nothing happened to him. Nothing. You want to know why? Because there's no such thing as demonic transference. Sometimes I'll just say, okay, go to the other room. Only for the sake of, I don't want him to be bored. Did you catch it? Not for the sake of transference. He's sitting right there. Hey, listen, when a demon manifests, it manifests. I've had various people just sitting there. And then you, you get these legalistic ushers uh, yelling at people, get out of the room. Go to the back room. Offending people. Baby, listen, you cast a demon out in front of everybody. Nothing's going to transfer. You know, it's not true. It's not true. So I wanted to throw that nugget in your direction because it's not true. The next time the devil starts manifesting in your church, you get an intercession and pray for your man or woman of God and be like, give that, give your pastor a look like I'm, I'm praying for you right now. I got you, man of God. And don't be running out the room talking about, I got my own issues. I was acting up yesterday. I don't want the devil to transfer on me. Baby, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than your failure yesterday. Come on, man. You can breathe now. <sighs> Nothing's going to happen. And if you trust me to be a validated source for deliverance, <laughs> I'm telling you, I got more verses. But I'm going to leave it there. I've been talking too long. All right? Your, your homework is Mark chapter 5. Go read it and analyze it and study it and really see that there's no such thing as transference of demon jumping from one person to another. That's sensational stuff from pastors and ministers who's never been trained or coached by someone experienced in deliverance. Experience in deliverance. Open doors. I'm going to take some questions now and then I'm going to be out of your way. My sister said, explain open doors. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna keep the open doors within the context of the class. I'm not going to get into the revelation of open doors, open doors. Let me share this. Watch this. This is going to bless you. All of us have open doors. Even me. Even when I'm conducting deliverance, I have open doors. You know how I know? Because every area of my life is not submitted and surrendered to the Holy Spirit. If I sit here and say it was, I'd be lying. John chapter 1. It says to him that say they have no sin, they are a liar and the truth is not in them. You can conduct deliverance with open doors. I've done it many a times. I've even been in arguments with wifey on my way to church. We weren't even talking and I conducted deliverance and God set people free. We weren't even talking with each other. We all got open doors. That's how I know this transference stuff. Let me tell you something. I've done deliverance and I knew I wasn't, wasn't really there spiritually. And the devil didn't expose me at all. You got to be careful going into this deliverance session and things ain't right. The demon's going to expose you. I've done over 400 deliverance sessions. All of them I wasn't super spiritual. And the devil has yet to expose me to this day. I'm still waiting for the devil to expose me. You want to know why? Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Devil can't say nothing even if he wanted to. He can't even if he wanted to. Did you catch it? That's just more fear phobia that preachers have put on people throughout the years. Throughout the years. It, none of that stuff is true. None of that stuff is true. Listen, deliverance is so easy to do, you don't even have to be saved to do it. 
Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. But Lord, have I not cast out demons in your name? Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. Don't go there. We could go there. I could go deeper in this thing. Did you catch it? <laughs> listen, listen, I'm just trying to help you. It's not what you think. Remove your phobia. Remove your phobia. The blood of Jesus covers you and he got you. Well, what about if you're not walking right? Well, repent. But if you're not walking right and God allows something where it requires your attention to help get someone free, let me share a secret with you about, about God. He will use you in spite of you. In spite of you. Did you catch it? This phobia stuff about deliverance, it's non-existence. And I wish my Pentecostal brothers and sisters, and I'm Pentecostal, I don't use the title because I could care less about terminologies. I speak in the glossolalia of heaven. The, the, I speak in tongues. I don't get caught up with the title stuff, but hey, listen, it's predominant in charismatic churches, this line of thinking. I'm sorry. And it's not founded in Bible and it's not supported and validated by scripture. It's just ignorance being perpetuated down year after year, year after year, year after year. And it's, it, it's, it's being shared as truth. And it is not truth. So in closing, and I'll answer some of your question, is this. Demonic transference is heresy. It's not validated and supported by scripture. The blood of Jesus is powerful to protect you. Even when you're not walking right, he got you and he loves you and he will protect you. Did you catch it? And as a matter of fact, he wants you to see it so that you can repent and get right. And Jesus' deliverance ministry was public. Not this, put them to the back room and hide them from people. New stuff. It's not, it's not kingdom and it's not Bible. All right, love you guys. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.